This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello everybody and welcome along to another episode of the Agenda on the Blood Red Channel, brought to you by the Liverpool Echo with me, Patrick Smith, and I'm today joined by Matt Addison. Matt, how are you doing? Yep, all good, mate. Thanks. Looking forward to, to getting stuck into this. It's something a little bit different, isn't it? Rather than me and you just sat here waxing lyrical about how good Liverpool are, it's uh, <laughs> good to good to talk about something slightly different for once. Well, exactly. It's the morning after Liverpool have, of course, reached the Champions League final, which naturally all the talk is around. But today we're going to talk about contract expiry rather than the final itself, because we'll preview that tomorrow once we know Liverpool's opponents for Paris. But yep, we're going to break down and debate the contract situations worthiness of extension and all contributing factors for each player in order of their expiry. So let's get stuck right into it with the end of this season in 2022. There are four players running out of contract. We've got Dimok Origi, James Milner, Loris Karius and Adrian Matt. Let's start with the veteran James Milner. Lots of rumours circulating about a one-year extension. Do you think Jürgen's desire to keep him as part of the dressing room setup will outweigh his potential desire for a game time elsewhere? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think um, it, it basically and, and fundamentally it'll come down to, to what he wants, what what is his preference. I think there was a little bit of a hint, I think, last week. It obviously played really well uh, against Newcastle and, and kind of hinted a little bit that he might want to, to kind of, of stay a little bit after that. be interesting to see kind of what happens in the summer. Obviously, we know that Liverpool are looking at one or two midfielders in Aurelian Chumeni and obviously Jude Bellingham. There's, there's interest in, in both of those, not necessarily, though, for this summer. So, there is that possibility that it could be, you know, another one-year extension. I think if it was up to Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, probably that would would just be kind of a given. Really, there's there's no reason to move him on. He's one of those players that is so valuable to have in and around the squad. Obviously, can fill in in, in a couple of different positions as well. We don't know, obviously, what Liverpool are going to do with potentially a backup right back in the summer, for example. But he's played there and done pretty well on, on most occasions when he's been asked to. So. Yeah, there's there's no reason really for him to move on other than if he wants to go and, and move somewhere else. The only other thing is, you know, could he potentially sort of integrate himself into the backroom team at some point? I think he's still got, you know, two, three years more to, to play, um, whether that's at Liverpool or, or elsewhere, time will tell. But I think there is there is a possibility as well that he could look to, to do a bit of coaching, try and, and move into that kind of, of realm as well. So. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a little bit up in the air at the moment, but I think that the preference, certainly from Liverpool's perspective, would be to keep him around. I mean, given his age, he's in fantastic physical condition. There's no doubt he could play for another two, three years. And his utility in every position is so useful, Matt. But he's been spotted around the academy a couple of times, hasn't he? Do you think he will look to potentially move into a player-coach role in that sense? It's certainly something you can kind of see him doing, isn't it? If ever there was a player that you can kind of see becoming a manager, I think he definitely would fall into that category. I think that is something that he will have to think about. But I know he's he's spoken a lot in the last sort of few months, really, that he's not really you know prepared to, to do that just yet. It's, it's something he will think about at some point, but he wants to extend his playing career for as long as possible. And you know, he's, he said it himself and he's he is spot on you know it's it's a long time retired when you're a footballer if if you give it up too soon that that can be a mistake so I think he'll want to to kind of stay in and around that for as long as possible but I think you can kind of get the best of both worlds really if if you stay at Liverpool 
do a bit of, of coaching, maybe work with the youth teams at, at certain times. If you know you, you're not necessarily going to be in the squad week in week out at, at his age, maybe there's there's an opportunity to kind of do a little bit of both, try out a little bit of each, and, and that might be the way forwards. But yeah, it, we'll see what happens. It, it could be it, it could be one of, of two kind of outcomes. Really, there's no real no real pointer at this stage as to which way it will go. But basically, it'll come down to, to what James Milner decides. Well, someone else who's unrestricted game time this season is Divock Origi, Matt. Club legend, absolute definition of a cult hero. He's had so many huge moments for the Reds. He's surely got one more in him this season, hopefully. But he's only 27, Matt, isn't he? It feels like he's been around forever. Is it now time that Divock's going to probably move on and get the game time he deserves? Because, you know, we've had rumours of a deal with AC Milan, I believe. And albeit it'd be sad to see him leave, it's likely that he's going to want this game time, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's pretty certain that he's going to move on. I think it's it's difficult, really. Obviously, Liverpool could have extended that contract, but I think it's it, it's difficult to kind of justify that on the basis of the number of minutes that he's going to play. I think you look at the, the depth that Liverpool have got, the quality of options. You even look at the players that are coming in. Fabio Cavallio can play in that kind of position, obviously can play midfield as well, but could play in the forward three if, if needed. You look at someone like Harvey Elliott, not had loads of minutes since he's come back from injury. He can also play in there. There's just so many, so many obviously massive top-level competitors as well. You look at the five kind of players that Liverpool have got in those positions. It, it's hard to, to really justify him staying. I think from from his perspective, it's it's been a, a good time at Liverpool, but you know, if, if he can go to a Milan and play every week, you can kind of see the the prospect of, of that is obviously going to be enticing for him. So, yeah, it'd be a, sh- a shame, obviously, to, to see him go. I think Liverpool will have to, to think a little bit about how they replace him when he does go because, you know, we've seen, obviously, he's a bit of a wild card option. He's a bit of a, almost a traditional number nine type, type player. Obviously, he can play wide as well, but I don't think Liverpool quite have a player of that kind of style. I think that that can be a, a bit of a problem for them at times. We've seen him come off the bench against Wolves, against Everton, you know, done done a couple of, of different bits in, in the past in terms of just changing the game, doing something slightly different for Liverpool. I think the options that they've got don't necessarily have that. So something to think about for them, but I'm pretty sure that, that he will be leaving at, at the end of the season. And it'll be a shame, but I do think it's the right time. I mean, you touched on my next question there. Do you think he will need replacing? Because granted, he can play across the front three. He's very good out wide. But he is that typical number nine in his physical sense. And, you know, there's games like the Everton game in the Diver where sometimes you need to lug it forward and put crosses in the box. And he's very good for hold-up playing, things like that. Do you think they would look to get someone else in? Perhaps an option to bring off the bench for games in that sense? It's a tough one. I think the only the only way I can see that happening is if Minamino was to move on as well. If, if they were to get an offer that was enticing enough to sell... Minamino and obviously Origi moved on. Maybe then you can make the argument, but purely in terms of the number of minutes that he's played this season, it's it's hard to justify going out and spending a transfer fee on a replacement for him because he just simply hasn't played that much. He's not not been on the bench most weeks for for this season. So I don't know. It's it's a tough one when you've got kind of Oxley Chamberlain, Minamino, him, Harvey Elliott. You have kind of got four or five players week in week out that are not getting on the bench. It would be. It would be a surprise, I would say, if, if Liverpool went out and spent money on someone to, to kind of fulfil that role. You never know, but yeah, I, I think they will have to kind of think about it because they do need that kind of wild card option. But 
the reality is a lot of times this season, even if they'd have wanted that wild card, he, he hasn't even been been making the match day squads most weeks. So as much as it is something to think about, I would be surprised if they went out and, and got a replacement directly. Yeah, it's a sad realisation that we've probably only got a couple more weeks left of Divock Origi in a Liverpool shirt. Let's hope he can bring us one more iconic moment. But the remaining two players, Matt, who've got their contracts expiring at the end of the season, are two backup goalkeepers in Loris Karius and Adrian, who are almost inevitably set to leave the club, aren't they? Is there any chance either of those may stay on? And if they leave, do you reckon we need another backup goalkeeper or do you think we've got enough in Kelleher and Pitaluga? Uh, well, the, the easy one to start with is Loris Karius. I think Liverpool were fairly open in that they would have let him go for free last summer had anyone come in for him but obviously that didn't happen he's had obviously a tough time we don't need to to go over the reasons for that he's been out on a a few different loans that hasn't worked either I think it's it's time really for for him to go and move on and and go somewhere else it it has been if we're all being honest for for a couple of years now I think that the ideal thing for his career would have, have been to have moved on already obviously that's not happened but it will happen this summer so yeah good luck to him um again it's it's one of those where you wonder where he will go what level he'll end up at whether he'll even continue playing I mean I, I just I don't I don't know what what the thinking is for, for him at the moment but definitely won't be a Liverpool player beyond this summer that is for sure with Adriana I don't know um don't know exactly what the, the situation is I can kind of see him staying for another season just being that kind of backup he's you know, a decent kind of person to have within the squad. He's not going to play. He seems a good part of, of the dressing room, Matt, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a character, isn't he? Put it that way. Um, he, he's definitely a, a positive influence, I would say. Very good for, for the goalkeepers as well. I know the, the kind of group that they've got with um, John Akterberg and, uh, and Jack Robinson, the goalkeeping coaches, very much a, a well-knit group. Um, so I, th- I think it would be a loss in, in that sense. Again, you can kind of, of see it both ways. I think if... If he thinks he can go somewhere else and play, that might be enticing. But the fact that he's come to Liverpool as, as a backup suggests that maybe he's kind of beyond that in his career and, and maybe just likes to, to be in that position that he's in now. So I don't know is the short answer, but I can I can definitely see the argument to, to keep him around and, and keep him at Liverpool. But yeah, we'll see what happens. But it, it wouldn't be a massive shock to me if he did stay, but equally wouldn't be a massive shock if he left because let's face it, with Quivin Kelleher being as, as good as he is, I don't think there's any chance really of, of Adrian getting getting any minutes uh, short of a, a goalkeeping injury crisis. He, he's not going to be anywhere near the Liverpool team. Yeah, can't help but feel sorry for Loris Karras. I can't see him playing after the season. I think he's going to retire. And Adrian, as you said then, Matt, big part of the dressing room. I think he'll stay on just for that morale because Klopp likes having those sort of players around, I believe. But let's move on to 2023 where things suddenly take a turn and it's quite scary when you look at the list of players expiring next year. So we've got Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Naby Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain all running out of contract. Now, Matt, this is a nightmare that definitely needs to be avoided. So let's start with the main man who's dominated all the contract talk. This is Mohamed Salah. Will he? Won't he? We've had his agent, Rami Abbas, winding us all up, talk of move away. What's going to happen and what are the ramifications if, worst case scenario, he does leave after next season? Well, uh, yeah, a big one to unpack this, isn't it? I mean, we know that Liverpool are in negotiations. We know that Liverpool would like to keep him. We know that Mohamed Salah would like to stay. And I think that, for me, all points to a, an agreement being reached at some point. We don't know exactly what the, the issue is. Mohamed Salah himself has said many times it's not about money, but then you kind of question, well, if it's not about that, then what is it? Contract length potentially is, is the only other thing you can kind of think of in terms of, of what the sticking point might be. 
for me, I, I still don't see a scenario where he, he doesn't extend the, at Liverpool. I think the the fact that both parties want it to happen, the fact that there's not really anywhere else that you'd look at and think that he could go and, and have the, the same impact. I think there's there's Liverpool and there's Manchester City and then there's kind of everyone else really is, is a long way behind. Even you know Real Madrid, obviously Barcelona. I can't really see him going to PSG. I know there's been talk of Juventus over the last couple of days, but I don't see that. It would be a step down. I'm not quite sure how they would afford him either. I just think it, it kind of... Liverpool know this as well, which is, is probably why it's it's took as long as it has to, to get an agreement. But it, it just wouldn't make any sense really for, for Liverpool or for Salah for this not to happen. So the longer it goes on, the more difficult it is and, and the more kind of stressed people will get. But for now, Liverpool focusing on the quadruple. You look at the interview that Mohamed Salah did with BT Sport last night and it's quite clear that he's pretty happy where he is. He's fairly comfortable with his teammates. He knows that he's at the best possible place, really, to achieve what he wants to achieve. Obviously, that is the Champions League and, and the Premier League, where Liverpool could end up with both still this season. That wouldn't be it wouldn't be a huge shock if they were to do that individually as well. You look at the Ballon d'Or again, the best possible place for him to be. He's Liverpool's main man. He's the man to, to play in in their system. It's not been the easiest few weeks for him in terms of the goal scoring, but you know, still absolutely one of the very, very best players in the world. So, yeah, I, I'm not worried yet. But if there's not too much movement come the summer, I think it could be a, it could be a long one in terms of the transfer rumours and speculation over where he might go and Barcelona trying to have a bit of a go at trying to get him and, and all of that sort of stuff. I, I could definitely do without that. But, yeah, for me, it comes back to where else is he going to go? Does he really want to leave? Probably the answer is is ultimately no. Yeah, exactly. Like he seems so happy in his interview yesterday on BT Sport. And he, clearly, he doesn't want to leave. But you mentioned the Ballon d'Or there, Matt. Someone who may be rivaling Salah for the Ballon d'Or this year is Sadio Mane. Now, all the contract talk has been around Salah, naturally, this season. You know, every contract story is about him. But Mane's sort of gone under the radar because his contract's up at the same time too, isn't it? Is he just as important to keep as Salah? Or is he going to want that move away? Because, you know, he's sort of in Salah's shadow still, isn't he? He may want to be that prime number one player on his side, mightn't he? Yeah, it's it's possible. I think, again, I think if you were going to leave Liverpool, that's that's a big decision to make. I think for Sadio Mane, the, the, the chances are he probably would like to stay at Liverpool because, you know, similar to Mohamed Salah, why wouldn't you? I think the the kind of rivalry between them is is kind of overplayed a little bit. I think as long as you're winning trophies, yeah. then yeah, it's it's not the most important thing, is it? Really, I think over the last few weeks we've kind of seen the uh, Mohammed uh, the Sadio Mane, sorry, of, of old. I think he's transformed completely in that new number nine position. I think Liverpool will ultimately enter talks with him at the end of of the season. I think the only reason they haven't done up to now is just because. Basically, Mohamed Salah really is is the number one priority. You've got to kind of get that sorted and, and then move on to the others. But I think for me, he'd be the uh, the definite number two in terms of, of the kind of pecking order for, for a new contract in, in terms of those 2023 ones. I think, yeah, the, the last few weeks and, and months really now have, have shown that there is still a bit more to come from Sadio Mane. There's a new position, there's a new role for him undoubtedly now in, in Liverpool's first choice 11. If the Champions League final was tomorrow, 100% Sadio Mane would start. So, yeah, it would be it would be odd, I think, for Liverpool to, to move him on and, and not go for a new contract. I also think it would be more more costly to do that than it would be to just keep him. Um, yeah, I can't I can't foresee a situation where he leaves Liverpool um, in the summer or, or on a free transfer. 
I think it's it's one of those really where the last few months have, have made up my mind for sure. There's still more to come from him, and I would like to to see that happen in uh, in a Liverpool shirt. The agenda on the Blood Red Channel. We're now to the two most important extensions we need. Klopp's now extended his contract until 2026. It was originally going to expire just a year after their contracts were expiring. Now they're getting to those ages in their careers where they've probably only got three or four years left. So are they now more likely to sign, do you think, Matt? Because they'll now realise and go, they could play out the rest of their careers under Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool while they want to move. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't, can't be a bad thing, can it, to have that kind of certainty. I think it's probably more of a, a big influence in terms of the players that Liverpool could look to sign. I think in the, the transfer window, if you're a player, obviously you don't need too many reasons more to, to join Liverpool than the fact that Liverpool are so good. But I think the fact that you've got that kind of guarantee of, of knowing who you're going to be working with for an extra couple of seasons, I think that would be would be important. I think in terms of the contracts, I mean, the, it, it was only... You know, 2023, 2024 was was Klopp's contract before. It's it's not changed that much. Obviously, they've worked with him already. It would be a little bit of an extra guarantee of, of success a, a little bit further down the line, I think, for, for obviously those players and, and this team. But I think for me, is it going to make a huge difference? Probably not. But I suppose for, for every every little bit helps in terms of, of getting those contracts over the line. And it's 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 just one less thing to, to sort of concern yourself with, isn't it? The fact that Jurgen Klopp staying an extra couple of seasons, it, it can certainly be no bad thing, I would say, in terms of, of convincing those players. And I think it was interesting actually when Klopp did sign the uh, the contract, he kind of intimated a little bit that that was one of the reasons that he'd done that. One of the reasons that he said yes immediately was kind of he kind of gets the impression that there is you know a, a plan for the future, whether that's transfers, contracts. Anfield expansion, whatever it is, he, he's he's very much you know convinced on the project. And I think if Liverpool were to lose Mane, Salah, both one or the other, obviously that wouldn't be wouldn't be kind of conducive of, of that kind of feeling from Jurgen Klopp. So yeah, the fact that Klopp signed up so quickly and and is so happy and content, I think should be uh, should be a pointer in the right direction for Liverpool fans. Everything is going right on the pitch, seemingly off the pitch as well. And I think I think these two things will ultimately kind of come to the sensible conclusion sometime soon. Yeah, they're definitely the two big signings that we want to make this summer, aren't they? But Matt, another contract has gone under the radar and perhaps a forgotten man is Bobby Firmino, rounding off a classic front three who are all out of contract at the same time. Is he perhaps the most likely of them to move on come 2023? Or are we perhaps undervaluing what he brings? And you know, Does he deserve to get a contract extension despite his lack of current game time? I think for me, he is the one that you'd look at and think is the most dispensable by distance. I think that's not necessarily in terms of his quality. I think he's obviously a really good footballer, um, really good player. But I think the big issue for me this season with him has been his injuries. It's been four separate injuries. He's only started nine Premier League games and, and two in the Champions League. And that's just not really at the level that Liverpool need. You look at, at someone like Mohamed Salah, who basically never gets injured. You look at someone like Luis Diaz, who... I believe I read this morning has played more games this season than any other player in Europe, which is is incredible. He's he's just, you know, another one of those that is able to relentlessly just play more and more and more. And I think that's that's becoming a bit of an issue for Roberto Firmino now. 
whether that's a long-term issue, whether that would happen next season as well, we don't know for sure. But generally speaking, the kind of best indicator of future injuries tends to be past injuries. And the fact that those are starting to catch up with him a little bit at the moment, he's had this little injury for the last couple of weeks where Jurgen Klopp has said, you know, he's, he's not that far away. We probably see him for the next game and then you, know, you speak to him again a few days later and it's kind of mm. not yet, might be might be the next one. It, it kind of feels a little bit like those have, have started to, to catch up with him a little bit. So, yeah, for me, I wouldn't necessarily be moving him on in the summer. I don't think, I, I, to be honest, I can't really see too many clubs coming in with an offer that would be tempting enough for Liverpool. But in terms of a, a contract extension, I wouldn't be surprised if he was to leave on a free transfer, to be honest. That kind of feels like the, the kind of midpoint between you keep him another season so you don't have to replace him in the summer, but at the same time, you don't kind of commit yourself to any more of, of Roberto Firmino. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult one because he is so unique and, and he does offer a lot to Liverpool still when he's on the pitch. But this season, that that just hasn't quite been often enough. And I think I think ultimately by 2023, that problem is probably only going to be worse rather than better. And by that point, you can probably look at another Luis Diaz type signing, another one to, to kind of be be looking to the future. And to be honest, I think we've always thought that probably not all of the traditional front three would get contracts. And if you had to pick one that wasn't probably Roberto Firmino, unfortunately for him, would probably be that one. Yeah, it's such a shame for him because he's such a unique talent in that unique position. You mentioned that perhaps replacing him with someone like Luis Diaz. Do you think we could maybe convert someone into that Firmino role, obviously with Harvey Elliott, Minamino, maybe Carvalho have the skill set possible for that? Perhaps he could train them on in the next year or so? Or do you think we're going to move away from that, you know, false nine formation? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think from what I've seen of, of Fabio Carvalho, that could be an option. I think that's definitely realistic to kind of make him into that, especially when you look at how many midfield options Liverpool have if if Fabio Cavallio isn't going to go out on loan next season, which I don't think is, is 100% yet, but I think it's, it's probably more likely that he would be a part of the Liverpool squad next season rather than go somewhere else as it stands. You look at where is he going to get those minutes, particularly when you look at, you know, Curtis Jones has struggled a little bit for minutes at times this season. Harvey Elliott certainly has. And if you add an, another player of, of that kind of ilk, if you like, in, into the midfield options, that makes it even more difficult for, for all three of them. So, be interesting to see what they do. I mean, the, the general trend is that Liverpool move players backwards rather than forwards. You think of, obviously, Trent going from midfield to full-back. You think of Elliot winger to, to midfielder. It tends to be sort of moving one one position back on the pitch rather than one forwards. But it is certainly an option for, for Fabio Cavallio. I think, for me, and I, I'm going to write something actually on this a, a little bit later on for Liverpool.com, but I think I saw a little bit of, of kind of the skill set that, Firmino brings to Liverpool in, in Luis Diaz in a, in a slightly different way uh, in the Champions League semi-final. I think, was it 14 touches that Diogo Jota had in the, the first half? Uh, I think I read that somewhere and obviously didn't quite get Liverpool up the pitch. The game completely changed though in the second half and obviously Luis Diaz does it in a, a slightly different way in terms of holding up the ball. He, he's not doing it in the, the kind of way that Roberto Firmino does, but just that ability really to, to carry the ball and to dribble, to keep hold of it for, for 20 seconds and have a couple of players around you and, and not lose it. I think that was was massive for Liverpool. It was uh, just to be able to, to give yourself a, a few seconds to reset, readjust defensively and, and keep hold of the ball for a little bit longer. I think that's what Roberto Firmino gives Liverpool over Diogo Jota, but maybe you can get that in one or two different ways as well. I think Luis Diaz could potentially be 
that kind of player for Liverpool, but just from a slightly different position on the pitch. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with Firmino. But I think we also shouldn't forget that Roberto Firmino wasn't a Klopp signing. It was just they played that way because they had Roberto Firmino and, and needed to get something out of him. It's not like, you know, it's always been a, a false nine for the club. He's had Lewandowski, he's had you know, different types of, of players at, at previous clubs. So it's not necessarily something that he's wedded to. But like I say, you do have to get that kind of skill set and, and the ability to hold the ball up from, from somewhere else on the pitch. And, and that might be the way of, of doing it. I think that's the important thing. That's exactly the point I was going to make, that it was a Brendan Rodgers signing. Klopp just made the best out of a bad situation and sort of formed that fast nine amazingly. And Luis Diaz, he's sort of like a Firmino with pace, isn't he? Unbelievable talent. But Matt, someone who has also played the fast nine this season to no real avail is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, whose contract is also up in 2023. He's probably likely to move on, isn't he? Unfortunately, had his Liverpool career plagued with injury, struggled for game time once again this year, particularly towards the latter stage of the season. Is there any hope of him getting an extension, Matt? In terms of an extension, I think probably not. I think that the time has definitely passed for for him to be you know, a real asset for Liverpool. I think we shouldn't forget what he did during AFCON where he stepped up and, and scored two and two, didn't he, playing in the front three. But even that, I don't think is, is really his position long term. Again, Liverpool have got other options in that area. It's not his favoured position anyway. The fact that he left Arsenal was to play in midfield and he's not really been able to, to do that consistently for Liverpool. I think, you know, whether... Whether he leaves or not this summer will kind of be down to what the offers are on the table for him. If there's an opportunity to, to go somewhere else and, and play regularly, I think that has to be it has to be something that he thinks about. I think, you know, we mentioned James Milner before coming in against Newcastle. I think he would have, have looked at that and thought, you know, if ever there was an opportunity to come in, there was kind of wholesale changes for Liverpool and, and they still didn't get a look in. And 36-year-old James Milner was was picked ahead of him and, and rightly so because of the performance that he put in. But I think if if you're Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, that possibly is is kind of all the confirmation you need, really, of, of where he is in the pecking order, all of the, the things that would have to go wrong in the Liverpool midfield for him to, to get a look in. And, and the other thing as well is, I mean, Liverpool have literally played as much football this season as what they could have done. There's, there's, there's no more games to be had, even if Liverpool win every single match next season they're not going to play any more games than what they have this season because they've gone to to the final in, in every single competition obviously we've had AFCON this season that was where his opportunity came you're not going to have that next season it just feels to me like the right time for, for him to move on and I think you know he's one of those that has, has not been in the match day squad a lot of times over the last few weeks he's not even one that you'd have to look at, at getting a replacement for I don't think the only thing that to be fair, just to, to contradict myself, the only the only kind of, of thing that makes me think that that would be the case that they'd have to go out and sign someone would be the homegrown thing. Obviously, he's English and, and that counts for something in terms of the quotas. But I suppose the, the counter to that would be that you've got Fabio Cavallio, who I know plays for, for Portugal's youth teams, but would count, I think, as, as qualifying as, as a homegrown player having come from Fulham. So, yeah, it, it might be a case of, of one in and one out in that position and if that is the case, I think getting a, a younger player who can kind of rotate in and out makes more sense than kind of what, 28-year-old Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I think it's it's just the right time for him to move on. And, you know, you, you can quite easily see a West Ham or a Crystal Palace or, or someone like that maybe moving back to London. It, it might just make sense for him this summer, I think. Yeah, I think that's the exact move for him. I think we'll look to ship him on and hopefully he can revive his career at a mid-table Premier League club because he's got the talent there. That's clear to see. It's just such a shame with the injuries and lack of game to his hand. The homegrown players, 
plenty of academy voice coming through, Matt. You know, we're not left in a bad place necessarily in that position. But another midfielder whose contract is up in 2023. And the final one we'll discuss of this podcast is Nabi Keita, Matt. Someone who's divided opinion since his arrival. You know, it's been amazing for me this season. On his day, easily part of our best midfield. But does the inconsistency that lies within him perhaps make you wonder about the contract extension? Yes, but I think the last few months have, have convinced me, really. I think he was obviously a £52 million signing for Liverpool. I think they'll do everything they can to kind of make that as much of a success as possible. And I think what the last few weeks have shown, even, to be honest, obviously there was the inconsistency against Villarreal in that he was absolutely atrocious in the first half, but trusted in the second half. I think that was was telling, really, that obviously in the, the previous Champions League campaign, he was taken off on about 41 minutes, wasn't he, against Real Madrid. This time, Jurgen Klopp trusted him and he you know, repaid that trust really with with a much, much better performance in the second half. And I think over the course of the last few weeks, he's kind of, you know, the, the fact that the conversation has even happened around Izzy ahead of Jordan Henderson in the pecking order, I think sort of speaks volumes really for, for the levels that he has been at. So for me, I think a new contract will happen for him. I think it, it would make sense. I know the injuries have, have been difficult for him. You've got to manage him very, very carefully, but I still think there is... You know, there's a good player in there. And I think this season now, obviously, there's been more games because there's been more domestic cup competitions, but he has played more games this season. He's been fit longer this season than any other season in his Liverpool career. He's played more minutes, more football. And I think that's obviously a positive sign as well. So, yeah, for me, he's done enough. He's at the right age as well. I think he's 27 now. If you were to give him a, another contract, there's still, you know, a couple of seasons within that. That if you decided you needed to move him on, you could still sell him, even you know, under contract. I think there would still be a bit of interest in him. So it's going to be interesting that the Liverpool midfield and, and what they do. Mentioned sort of Bellingham, Germany, and, and players like that earlier on. I'm sure at some point in the next couple of, of summers, Liverpool are going to try and, and make a midfield signing. But you know, even that, I, I still think Cater more because of his age than anything else would, would be sort of in the, the bracket for, for an extension. You look at Henderson, Thiago, they're both, you know, four or five years older than him. I do think it would make sense. And I think over the last few months, he's kind of proven what we always knew in terms of the quality of him. When he's in the Liverpool team, he's fit and he's firing. He's very much a, a good Liverpool player. If he can stay fit, obviously that's a completely different question. But on the evidence of, of the past six months or so, I think, yeah, undoubtedly for me would be would be one of those that's that's sensible to tie down. Yeah, now his Liverpool future has been one that's been debated for years. But for me, there's no doubt after this season, he definitely deserves that contract extension. Playing with Henderson, as you said, earned his place. Let's see what happens if we do sign one of Germany or Bellingham. Fingers crossed that happens because maybe we would look to ship him on, as you said then. But for all the players discussed, there's plenty more time to enjoy them all in the red shirt for the next year or month at least. So let's enjoy it and hopefully Divock Origi can give us that wonderful send-off goal. Maybe a Champions League FA Cup final winner. But unfortunately, that is all we have time for on today's Agenda podcast, I'm afraid, though. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the expiring contracts in the comments section below and what you would do in each situation. But from myself, Patrick Smith and Matt Addison, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.